You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. It's June, and the shadow brokers say they're open for business. Do you know where your exploits are? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, June 1st, 2017. It is the 1st of June, and at such times, our minds turn to the shadow brokers. We touched on them briefly yesterday, but there's more to say. June is the month when, having tried direct sales, an auction, and crowdfunding since their first equation group dumps last August, the shadow brokers turn to an exploit of the month club. For $22,000 in Zcash, a member will get an unspecified exploit said to have been stolen from NSA. Zcash is an alternate cryptocurrency the brokers are using instead of their former medium of exchange, Bitcoin. They added a helpful set of fact this week, which includes a not-so-reassuring take on Zcash. To the sensible, frequently asked question, is Zcash safe and reliable, the brokers replied as follows. We've edited slightly because we're a family show, but you get their demotic drift. F no. If you care about losing 20k in euro, then not being for you. Monthly dump is being for high rollers, hackers, security companies, OEMs, and governments. Playing the game is involving risks. Zcash is having connections to USG, DARPA, DOD, Johns Hopkins, and Israel. Why USG is sponsoring private version of Bitcoin? Who the F is knowing? In defense, Tor is originally being by similar parties. The shadow brokers not fully trusting Tor either. Maybe USG is needing to be sending money outside from banking systems. If USG is hacking and watching banking systems, SWIFT, then adversaries is also hacking and watching banking systems. Maybe is for sending money to deep cover foreign assets. Maybe is being Trojan horse with cryptographic flaw or weakness only NSA can exploit. Maybe is not being for money. Maybe is being for ZK Snark's research. Maybe effort. Let's be finding out. This month, the shadow broker's using Zcash. If being not good, then maybe the shadow broker's doing different for July. We confess to a certain local pride in Baltimore's own Johns Hopkins being mentioned in dispatches. Beyond that, however, note the way the shadow brokers have turned their message to recent news coverage, much of it prompted by themselves, connecting NSA to insecurities in the global financial system. If you, like us, is not fully trusting Shadow Broker's romantic self-presentation as big-time little-guy Davids, fighting and beating the big-time big-guy Goliath of Equation Group, you is maybe thinking they too artful and aligned with some big-guy foreign intelligence service. Or maybe is just wise guys from Anonymous runs their words back and forth through Google Translate to sound funny, like our friends at Before told our editor the week before last. It's only fair to point out that the shadow brokers say they intend to include sensitive data from Russian, Chinese, Iranian, and North Korean sources. The North Korean material, the brokers suggest, is touching on Pyongyang's nuclear program. All this may be real or it may be misdirection, but the shadow brokers do seem to have given NSA the lion's share of their attention. Here's the industry reaction we've been receiving. Security company Balabits, Saba Krezne, counsels healthy skepticism, but finds this whole business scary, and says that it should serve as a wake-up call for governments. He says, quote, On one hand, if the exploits are really existing and someone or multiple parties buys them, we may be faced with another wannacry campaign, as we can be sure that the buyers will monetize these exploits. On the other hand, if the whole story is not true, Shadow Broker's questionable reputation may suffer, and it may seek to prove trustworthiness in another destructive way. 
End quote. Crazenay thinks there's a lesson here for governments. Quote, Whatever the truth is, it's clear now that the governments should handle their cyber weapons in ways similar to the handling of their weapons of mass destruction. Otherwise, perhaps a disgruntled, privileged administrator might steal one, or perhaps someone may simply forget to delete it after use in an operation. Those codes shouldn't get to a shadow broker-like group, and this is a government responsibility. End quote. We note that who the shadow brokers are, how they got their hands on what Microsoft and others have publicly said are NSA exploits, remain unknown, at least to the general press and public. We also heard from Cyfort Labs. There, Monir Hahad is prepared to consider what the changes in the shadow broker's nominal business model might be if they're taken at face value. He sees them as trying various approaches on for size and seeing which one yields the best margin. He says, quote, They've tried an auction sale, a direct sale, and now a subscription model. None of these approaches seem to have generated much profit, suggesting that neither government agencies interested in offensive security nor security companies interested in developing defensive tools have been eager to buy. Hahad thinks the $22,000 per month subscription is disturbing because it's affordable. Quote, My concern would be with rogue entities like cyber crime groups, which now would have more affordable access to weapons of choice. Some not-so-well-funded foreign governments may dip their toes in as well. End quote. Our financial staff did some quick research and told us that twenty grand would buy you an entry-level Honda Civic, or if you're in it for the long haul, monthly payments on a foreclosure in Fresno. So the barriers to entry in this particular market do seem to have fallen to where a modestly-funded gang could become a player. Hihad closed with some good advice for the security industry. He hopes the shadow brokers won't induce security companies to subscribe out of fear of being the last one to know. He hopes the industry at large adheres to customary codes of conduct and declines to do business with the shadow brokers. Finally, StealthBits Technologies' Gabriel Gums wrote in an email that he, for one, is very skeptical about the broker's declared motives. He said, quote, Of the list of items that the shadow brokers have suggested would be a part of their monthly data and exploit dump service, compromised SWIFT network data is of the most value to both black hat hackers and the impacted organizations. Zero days are relatively common on the web, both the dark web and the ordinary web, but most of the damage is done by compromised networks. If the shadow brokers really had compromised SWIFT credentials, why wouldn't they use them? Why would they sell them? As Gum puts it, quote, So why would a group of hackers need to peddle exploits and the like if they have, at their disposal, the means to steal untold amounts of money? I, for one, am very skeptical of the group and their motives. End quote. The shadow brokers then, if taken at face value, are like the psychic for hire who offers you lucky numbers for the lotto, or surefire penny stock tips, all for a modest price. If they really knew, why wouldn't they use the knowledge themselves, instead of making nickels and dimes selling it? The moral is that whatever their motives are, a very significant fraction of these motives must be something other than profit. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is David DeFore. He's the Senior Director of Engineering and Cybersecurity at WebRoot. Uh, David, welcome back. Um, you know, uh, big in the news lately has been the WannaCry ransomware. And, of course, uh, part of the way that it gets its way into people's systems is that it is a worm. We thought we'd check in today with you to find out what does that mean? What is a worm and how does it work? Hey, it's great to be back, David, and I appreciate you having me. Um, and, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, everyone, everyone's been focused on um, WannaCry, how it's ransomware, and we've not really been talking a lot about how it propagates. And worms have been around for, for quite some time. And, and the big difference between a worm and, and the, the now popular phishing is that worms um, have been written and, and coded in such a way that once they've landed inside of, say, a network or your home, they, they start looking around to see what other computers that they can get on. And, and ways they might do that is by looking at file shares uh, or looking at open ports and, and maybe dropping a new version of themselves out somewhere where someone might pick them up. And, and, and then that's how they're moving around the network. Basically, once they get past that first line of defense into the system, then uh, they have uh, free reign to sort of uh, spread out and, and try to find new places to, uh, to do their dirty work. That's exactly right. Think of it as they're kind of stretching their arms and legs, just seeing where they can get. And so what's interesting is the folks who created WannaCry, they had to actually add add more code that they wrapped around the ransomware. And that code, um, as, as we described, once it lands, it starts looking around to see what it can uh, infect and, and figure out how to spread itself. So it's a little more advanced than than your typical phishing, where it's just that you know, malicious payload, uh, because it has to do more inside that network to to do that ex- exploration and and see what exists where it can infect things. And in a situation like this, where you have a worm, is this the kind of thing that your typical antivirus software would be able to notice and shut down? Yes, it would. It would. Uh, so an antivirus software would typically be analyzing um, the worm once it's landed 
on uh, the machine. So uh, it, it might not be able to detect things sniffing around the network. That that starts to get in discussions around network security um, and, and analyzing, you know, behaviors that are occurring on the network, where an antivirus is going to detect it once it's landed on that endpoint where the antivirus is installed. So just as a general bit of advice, what's the best way to protect yourself against something like this? Well, the, the number one way is, is, of course, have antivirus. But let's say you're a home user. Don't have open administrative passwords on your file shares or on your computer. Make sure you have a password because what those worms do are try to uh, get access to other computers inside of a network. And if uh, and, and, and they're going to look for administrative access. And a lot of people at home just make administrative passwords blank. And all of a sudden, uh, once something's inside that perimeter, um, they can own you. So, so just make sure you've got passwords. It's that same, uh, you know, security hygiene. Always make sure you have good passwords. All right, David DeFore, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.